Hey everyone, it's South Point's 28th birthday. Uh, it's not exactly the way we had intended to celebrate it, like some of you who have had birthdays during this time, not the greatest, but we're still gonna thank God for the life, health, and growth of our church, which we began on Easter Sunday, April 19th, 1992, in Woodhaven High School. You know, I was thinking when I was a little kid, I couldn't wait to grow up. Were you like that? I felt like it was never going to happen, and I was keeping track of, of my growth on the wall, putting marks for five foot, six foot, even seven foot, right? Didn't, didn't quite make it that high, but I was a late bloomer. It took me a long time to get to the height I am. I, I couldn't grow facial hair for a long time. I still barely can, um, but you know, you can get older and bigger doesn't necessarily mean that you get better. Uh, some of you might remember that old Tom Hanks movie, right, where, uh, called Big. He's like a little boy, but he wishes to be a man, so he makes a wish, and the next morning he wakes up, and he looks like a man, but he's still a boy on the inside. So you can look physically mature, but still be immature. In fact, as you get older, uh, you start to physically decline and even decay, right? I mean, I even started to shrink. I've shrunk like a half an inch, and that's not something I'm marking on the wall, right? I, I didn't even want to acknowledge it until my son Thomas, I'm going to bring Thomas in here now, until we went to the doctor's office, and you made me get yeah. measured because Thomas has been trying to pass me up for a long time. As you notice, we're about, we're about the same height, right? Um, and the thing is, Thomas may have already stopped growing, so he's not going to catch me right now. But if I'm shrinking, give it a couple years, then inevitably, right, he's going to pass me up. So get out of here. All right. So look, uh, you can get bigger, but that doesn't necessarily mean you get better. Uh, but no matter how old you get, growing mature never stops. And so are you growing up? Or have you stopped growing? See, the real question is, do you want to grow? And our big idea is growth doesn't just happen. You have to decide to grow. Do you want to grow spiritually? I believe that many of you do, but you haven't made it a priority. Or maybe you just don't know how to do that. And if this is your first time with us, I want to welcome you. Great to have you. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, this is going to be geared, the series that we're starting today called uh, Key Principles. It's about how to uh, live the Christian life, principles for developing as a disciple. We're going to talk about 10 different topics. And while you may not be a Christian yet, I, I want to challenge you to, to listen in, because I think these principles, if you follow them, are going to make a difference for you too. See what happens if you start to follow this way of thinking and acting and if it doesn't make your life better and uh, help you make better decisions at home and in your work, right? Because uh, these are principles that come from God. And so if you want to take notes, you're welcome to do that. Uh, today, I'm going to give you just an overview on how to grow spiritually. In the coming weeks, we're going to talk about how to establish spiritual habits, how to uh, understand the Bible, how to know God's will, how to experience love and grace and forgiveness, how to uh, overcome temptations, how to distinguish good and evil and handle trials. So there's going to be a lot of good stuff as we go along here, but here's what the goal of all this is. The Apostle Paul makes it very clear in Colossians 1.28. It's that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. So the goal is to become like Jesus. But we begin that as spiritual babies. 
Uh, that's, I think, part of the reason why Jesus calls salvation being born again, that we have a new beginning, that like a baby starts out, we have to have nurture and nutrition to grow. So let me give you three things that are essential for spiritual growth. The first one is to grow spiritually. Believers must know their identity in Christ. Once we're reborn, once we're made right with God through salvation in Jesus, we are then forgiven and we're filled with the Holy Spirit. God comes to live in us because we can't do this on our own. We can't grow by our own human efforts and willpower. That's why the Apostle Paul writes this in Galatians 3. How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the Spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? See, we've been given this new nature, this new identity. And salvation is the cure for our natural weakness and spiritual sickness and moral corruption. Your old nature was that desire and that tendency you had toward sinful disobedience and self-centered rule. So here's the thing. We can't claim to be Christians and still go on living the old way. We, we can't uh, continue to live in a lifestyle of sin. And we can't fight against that in our own strength. So your new nature is that new life and new power that God gives you to live for Him. God comes to live in you so that you can live like Jesus and, and to obey like Jesus, to serve like Jesus. So you've really got to see yourself as that new person with a new identity. As Paul reminds us in Colossians 3, For you died when Christ died, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. You've clothed yourselves with a brand new nature that is continually being renewed as we learn more and more about Christ who created this new nature within you. Now listen, that doesn't mean your old nature has disappeared altogether. It's not like you can just put it off by ignoring it and pretending that you're perfect now or that you're, you, you don't have any struggles or problems with temptations. Of course we do. It means that I put it off, put off my old nature by my trust in what God has done in me and through me. It means that those old ways no longer have mastery over me. I am dead to those things now and alive in Christ. That's who I was. It's not who I am now. So as Paul says in Ephesians 4, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So see, God actually declares you as sinless. That's how He sees you. And then He empowers you to sin less and less and less and less. And you never fully achieve that in this life, but it's something that we strive toward. You begin this life journey of growth, of maturing, of cooperating with the work of God in you, that the Spirit is changing you to become more like Jesus. Now, that's not an overnight transformation. I mean, okay, in a, in a moment, you were transformed from somebody who was lost to saved, somebody who is dead to somebody who's alive. That's what's called justification. God justifies you in His sight, makes you holy. You belong to Him. That's why you, you can be called a saint. But the process of actually becoming 
like Jesus, becoming holy, is called sanctification. The process of God actually helping you to be holy by the power of His Spirit, changing us continually. And yeah, there's, there's going to be some extraordinary times of growth, like these growth spurts a kid has. You have kids who feels like they just grow up an inch or two overnight. Sometimes that happens spiritually, but more often it's just a steady, continual process of growing to become like Christ. It's really, you know, uh, living out what I already am in Christ. So you got to know your identity in Christ, that you're a spirit-filled saint of God with a new nature that is overcoming sin and growing day by day. That's who you are now. But that doesn't happen automatically. So number two, to grow spiritually, believers must discipline themselves. That doesn't sound pleasant, but you've got to have some discipline. You've got to intentionally decide to grow. That's what's going to drive it to actually happen. See, growing closer to God isn't what some people think. It's just like a feeling, like I feel closer to God. Uh, no, no, not really. Uh, it's, it's a matter of the will that I'm choosing to pursue being like God, whether I feel like it or not. I'm not waiting around for some shivers down my spine or some warm feeling to flow up into my chest. It's not about feelings. It's about pursuing growth. And so the key is to discipline yourself to pursue that growth. Now, I don't want to make you think that it's all on you. This is something that God does in you, right? Uh, th- that's why these godly character qualities are called the fruit of the Spirit. It's because His Spirit living in you, producing these good fruit, these Christ-like qualities in your life to replace the things you used to do, what the Bible calls the, the old nature, the acts of the flesh. Paul talks about that in Galatians 5. He says the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy. Okay, you get it. You can read the rest there. And by the way, that's not a complete list. I mean, we, we can find plenty of creative ways to <laughs> add more sins to that list. But here's the new nature, he goes on, to say the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's Jesus all the way. You're becoming like Jesus. So understand that God is the one that grows us. And not just like a baby being nurtured and, and given nutrition to become mature, to grow up to be an adult. Think of it also in terms of like a seed uh, becoming a beautiful flower, like a rose. Are you into gardening? Do you like, you like puttering around out there growing flowers? I'm not into that at all, but I, I do know enough to say if you're going to uh, grow a beautiful rose, then you've got to put some energy and time and effort into it. You've got to cultivate that thing. You've got to prune it, which is cutting away the bad parts so that you can stimulate good growth. And that's exactly what God's got to do in us. He's got to prune us sometimes. He's got to cut out those bad influences and distractions that keep us from growing. We've got to instead pursue those godly values uh, to, to replace those bad values. So pruning's no fun, but it's necessary. 
And, and the thing is, you're not going to grow just by sitting in a lazy boy. Now, my lazy boy chair actually is right over there. And sometimes that's where I do read my Bible. So I guess I, I do grow on my lazy boy sometimes. But really, you grow through obstacles and challenges and difficulties when you're forced out of your comfort zone. Because whoever says that being a Christian is easy is for people who are weak just don't understand. Because the easier thing would be just to go with the flow and be like everybody else and um, say yes to temptation and be a people pleaser to do what it takes to go along and get ahead. That's easy. But obedience, sacrifice, uh, self-denial, those are hard. So this thing ain't for, it's not for wimps. This is difficult stuff. I mean, think about how do you learn to live with peace By, by living in a peaceful environment? No, you develop peace in the middle of chaos and anxiety and fear. Okay, ringing a bell right now? How do you learn to love? Well, God's going to drop some unlovable people into your life. That's how you learn it. How do you learn joy when your life's going great and you're successful? No, it's when the wheels are coming off. How do you learn patience? Well, God's going to put you in line at the DMV. It ain't easy is what I'm saying. Scripture says this is like a race. And it's, it's a long-distance run, and you are running toward the goal. The goal is to become like Jesus. And the goal, that prize, is that crown of eternal life. And oftentimes it's an uphill run, and so we've got to discipline ourselves to reach that goal and to win that prize, all right? So we've got to discipline, but that leads to number three. To grow spiritually, believers have to use the spiritual resources God's given us, the ones that He provides. Because God never asks you to do what He doesn't enable you to do. God is there to resource you. He's already resourced you with the power of the Holy Spirit within you. And then He gives you the resource of His Word and of His church. So let me tell you, the Bible is the most powerful catalyst in our spiritual growth. Hands down, when it is read, when it is taught and believed and lived, spending time in God's Word is going to have the highest impact on your life because it shapes our thinking and perspectives. It, it guides our decisions. It orders our priorities. And so it's absolutely critical to have right thinking and attitudes. And Scripture is what forms our thinking and attitudes. Right thinking lives, leads to right behaviors. And that's so important. We're going to devote two more talks to that, about how to understand the Bible and how to know God's will. But another major catalyst for our growth is church activities. And here's the thing. Some churches are very adamant that you need to have a spiritual growth path, that it has to be laid out um, in a sequential, like linear line that you start here and then go there, 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 and there. Or maybe it's like a funnel that we all start out up here and we all funnel through growth the same way. Or that it's uh, steps that we all take. Or it's like a baseball diamond that we run around. And I get that. I used to have that way of thinking too because it makes it sound clear and simple. But you know what? Life isn't like that, is it? It's not always clear and simple. Growth happens in a multitude of ways, and we're all different. And we all have different experiences, right? Uh, through teaching, through 
um, learning opportunities, through uh, a study, through coaching, through everyday experiences and spiritual activities with other people. All these things stretch us and grow us. But here's the thing, no matter how it happens, we do need to be intentional about it and take next steps. And that's why we've laid it out at our church as the next nine. And the next nine is not like a tic-tac-toe board where you just need to get three in a row. It's more like a bingo board that you're trying to play blackout where you're trying to fill in the whole thing. But it doesn't necessarily matter which order that you fill them in, all right? It's not necessarily linear. And in our next nine, it's based on our three C's as a church, right? These three key relationships that we have. It's about being committed to Christ, connected to one another in the church, and contributing to the world. And here, what we noticed is that we have cards with the next nine on it. We notice that these three C's all have these three kinds of catalysts. We call them expressions, environments, and extensions. And it begins with these first, these personal expressions with baptism, taking that first step into faith, beginning that journey with Christ, and then becoming a member of the church where you're no longer just a guest or an attendee, but you're saying, this is my church, I'm putting down roots here. Um, you can count on me, all right? I'm, I'm gonna be involved here. Uh, I'm here to grow. And finally, generosity, because you can't become like Jesus without being generous. But, so, you know, you've, you've gotta be involved in those things. But then, the middle uh, column there of catalysts are what we call environments, and that's what the church provides. Uh, so, we can't make you grow. All we can do is provide environments to help you grow. So what activities take place in those environments? Well, first, you know, is, is worship. And that includes preaching and teaching of God's Word. Then there are groups. Those are smaller groups of people throughout the week, many church environment where um, you uh, develop friendships and you learn to apply God's Word. And then finally, serving uh, on teams in the church where you're exercising your faith. Okay, so we provide those, but it's on you to take advantage of those. Finally, the last column of catalysts or extensions, it begins with an encounter. That's that daily time of prayer and reading scripture. Uh, ideally, you know, 10 minutes, one or two or three chapters of the Bible, because those spiritual activities are absolutely critical to your growth. And then the, the middle one is coaching. To coach is to uh, have more of a a very small group of people, two or three people, where you are being coached in your growth. You spend some time interacting, asking questions, doing a study together, doing activities together. But listen, don't put that coach on some sort of a super saint pedestal because there's somebody who's just a couple steps ahead of you. You can be a coach to somebody else yourself by, by helping somebody who's a couple steps behind you. And then finally, and by the way, we have resources on our website to help you with being a coach. And finally is, is go. And go is learning to be a witness in your everyday life, being on mission for God, becoming a missionary to your world. So the question is, what's your next step? Everybody's got a next step, and it doesn't necessarily matter what order you go in as long as you're making progress. And if you don't know your next step, figure it out in those next nine. Pick one and move forward. Put yourself in a place where growth can happen. Because let me tell you that just because you're doing those activities or you're, you're being a part of a church doesn't guarantee that you're going to grow. Okay, don't be like Tom Hanks. Don't, you know, you wish that you were big, you, you look mature on the outside, but really you haven't grown on the inside. You're still mature. 
right? So you got to put yourself in these places and have the right heart, have that faith to say, I want to grow. So I, I, I certainly can tell you this, that growth isn't going to happen by neglecting those things, by, by um, doing without those disciplines and resources, when you're just kind of checked out spiritually due to being lazy or being too busy or, or, or too wrapped up in your own agendas and, and uh, schedules. In Ephesians 4, Paul says our goal is that we will be mature and full grown in the Lord, measuring up to the full stature in Christ. So here's the, I'm never going to grow as big and tall as Jesus, right? I still got a long way to go and it feels like I'm never going to get there. Uh, it's overwhelming sometimes. But Paul also reminds us in Philippians 1 that he who began that good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So, uh, see, growth is, is a grace of God. He does it in you, but he uses these resources as a means of grace. And then Paul also admits in Philippians 3, I don't mean to say I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I keep working toward that day when I will finally be all that Christ Jesus saved me for and wants me to be. Doesn't that sound good? So see how it's a cooperation between you and God. God will begin this new good work in you and he will bring it to completion. But in the meantime, you're working out your salvation by pursuing it, by pressing on in it. Do you see that kind of growth happening in your life? And if not, why not? Are you slipping backward? Are you growing weaker? Are you stuck in neutral because of doubts and frustrations? Have you stalled out because of... Um, personal problems, addictions, inappropriate relationships. Those are barriers to your growth. They will stunt your growth. So you got to deal with those. You got to prune those out. You got to repent of them and get help and get some accountability for those things. But listen, it could simply be you're not growing because you're content where you are. You're content in the baby crib, in the playpen. You haven't made it a priority to grow. Question is, do you want to grow because growth isn't going to happen on its own you've got to decide to grow will you make that decision what would a church look like full of believers who really know their identity in christ and discipline themselves and use the resources god has provided can you picture a church where everyone is seeking to become like Jesus. Can you imagine a church like that where everybody is taking next steps? Because we all have next steps to take. So maybe um, you're ready to take the very first step of faith, to put your trust in Jesus, to repent of your sins and be baptized so that you can be declared righteous and cleansed and holy, forgiven and filled with God's Spirit so He can begin to make those changes in your life. Do you want the life that God wants for you? Well, then you have to make a decision. And if you do, it will be the best decision you can make. So whatever you need to do today, whatever your next step is, let us know. Contact us, fill out that connection card, or, or just you know, contact us in any way. We would love to help you. In fact, we provided a number that you can text, 734 304-7248. Somebody's going to be there to contact you, to pray with you, to answer your questions, to show you how to be baptized. 
uh, whatever it is you want to do. Or you can email the word next. You can email next at southpointccc.com. But don't wait until you think that you've already grown better and now you're ready. No, it doesn't work that way. You need God to help you become better. And it doesn't matter how better you ever you get because you're, that doesn't qualify you for anything because you're still just a sinner like the rest of us. You need to receive that new nature. You need to be reborn and get that new identity in Christ. So let me pray for us. Father, we want to grow up and become like Jesus. Thank you for the resources you provide to help us to be mature. God, your spirit, your word, your church. God, would you strengthen us to be disciplined, to use those resources, Lord, that you would keep us moving forward in our faith and taking next steps in this journey with you. Lord, I also want to ask, we're all asking together for the ones that we know, that they would make the decision to believe and be baptized, to be born of water in the spirit, reborn from above and made into a new creation because we're asking that in Jesus' name, amen.